Hey, everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.com. Sign up to receive our news alerts, like our Facebook page. So much information is shared on this page. Get up to speed with the latest national news. Join us. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.com. Here's a quick update from our Washington State chapter. Referendum 90. We have less than a week left uh, through next weekend to collect the remaining signatures necessary or verified signatures for the state to put it on the ballot. Right now, we have 127,000 signatures, and we need 160,000 to uh, receive those um, Uh, the verification of qualified signatures. That's only 30,000 more. Please visit our Facebook group page, Southwest Washington Facebook group, or the Washington page on our website. Again, that's Southwest Washington Facebook group. Thank you so much for your help and continued efforts to bring uh, this to the voters. We need your help to overturn this horrible law that was just passed and signed into law by uh, Governor Inslee. Thank you so much for your efforts in this very important cause. Wow, that was quite a weekend. Today is Tuesday, June 2nd, 2020. And like you, I have been watching the astonishing escalation of riots in large U.S. cities across the country. My first question regarding any youth behavior is always what are students taught in K-12 public schools that might have an influence? I am the first to recognize every public school is different. Every school district is different. And every state is different. However, we need to be on guard and ask the right questions. And if we don't know what's happening elsewhere, how are we going to recognize the issue? As an advocate for parents' rights in K-12 public schools and understanding the outside influence therein, I cannot rule out the impact of those influences on youth behavior taking place right before our eyes. It has been affirmed the vast majority of rioters, not peaceful protesters, but rioters, are between the ages of 18 and 25. Some younger, some as young as 14, are involved. Science has proven the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex of the brain, responsible for cognitive control and executive function, is not fully developed until age 25. In other words, these individuals are easily influenced and even manipulated by others. 
For the last two years, I have attended many Oregon school board meetings. These schools are, are either in or adjacent to large districts. And students often share their testimonies demanding K-12 comprehensive sexuality education, even to the point of shaking their fists and calling for their rights. My observation was the young people today are often groomed to be militant activists by public schools sustained by our tax dollars. Are you aware of the organization Advocates for Youth? This organization, fostered, mentored, and supported by Planned Parenthood, is one you will want to check out. They have a website. It's called Advocates for Youth. They claim their main mission is to promote sexual health equity. Young people, this is what they say on their website, young people are leading the movement toward just and safe communities for all. You see, Advocates for Youth partners with youth leaders, adult allies, and youth-serving organizations to advocate policies and champion programs that recognize young people's rights to honest sexual health information, accessible, confidential, and affordable sexual health services, and the resources and opportunities necessary to create sexual health equity for all youth. Now, this is from their website. I'll go on. Advocates believes it can best serve the field and ultimately have the largest impact on approving youth sexual health and rights by working in partnership with youth and their adult allies, including youth servicing institutions. Doing so, we will be able to shift the cultural paradigm. That's right, the cultural paradigm in which we live from one that too often stigmatizes youth and youth sexual development to one that embraces youth as partners and recognizes sexuality as normal and healthy. Advocates recognizes that poverty, homophobia, transphobia, ageism, Racism and sexism fuel sexual health disparities. Continuing, the organization seeks to redress these social uh, determinants by working in coalition with economic and social justice organizations and by engaging, empowering, and mobilizing young people from marginalized communities to serve as activists and leaders in the field of sexual health. Advocates Youth Activist Network, currently 75,000 strong and 1,200 campuses and in hundreds of communities in the United States and more than 120 countries around the world, is core to the organization's niche and brand. Now, I received the Advocates for Youth newsletter, and I'm going to share information from the one that I received today, June 2nd. I write to you in sorrow and outrage as in cities across the nation, protest is met with violent, militarized tactics. Young people are leaders of the movement 
to end police violence and always have been. They know that to prevent more deaths like those of George Floyd and countless others, we need profound change within the law enforcement and legal system and that at this moment, we need accountability for the four officers who killed George Floyd. And so they demand change and that accountability and are met with brutality. Did you catch that? She's calling for four officers to be met with brutality. In just a few days, we have witnessed countless acts of violence in the course of police and military response to protests. We have seen peaceful protesters, journalists, and bystanders assaulted by law enforcement, armed to the teeth and with seemingly no regard for the safety of those they are supposed to protect. We've seen our youth activists gassed, stomped on, and physically assaulted. It cannot go on. Advocates for Youth calls on mayors and governors around the country to de-escalate and refrain from using police violence to put down those calling for an end to police violence. We call on the president to stop treating human beings like targets. We call on police officers themselves to step away from these protests and stop causing harm. Our cities would be better served by listening to youth protesters and acknowledging and responding to the demands of Black Lives Matter movement. Youth activists are helping in every way that they can, whether it is on the front lines, providing support to protesters, or contributing from home as the pandemic continues to take lives. As always, I am honored to know them and inspired by their leadership, even as my heart breaks for the abuses we're seeing them experience. At Advocates for Youth, we're participating in efforts to support protesters and end violence in every way that we can. Here are some ways you can help. And here is where they uh, they feature uh Three, three different uh, ways that you can help. So the first is to donate to support 39 bail funds. Now this, this would be a donation to uh, an organization that splits the donation between 40 community bail funds. They are hoping to reach donations up to seven. Um, $7,500,000. Okay, and this is what they say. Split a donation to all the bail funds listed on this page or allocate specific amounts to individual groups. Then be sure to share this page once you're done. And if you have questions or would like to get a local bail fund in your area added to this play page, please send a Twitter uh, to uh, at a Aiden King VT by clicking here. So they want you to raise more money to get protesters out of jail. I'm going to give you some uh, examples of these 40 um, organizations that you're uh, contributing to. The Philadelphia Bail Fund. 
a revolving fund that posts bail for people who are indigent and cannot afford bail and over the end of cash bail in Philadelphia. LGBTQ Freedom Fund, the Freedom Fund posts bail to secure the safety and liberty of people in jail and immigration detention. The Chicago Community Bond Fund supports individuals whose communities cannot afford to pay bonds themselves and who have been impacted by structural violence. Okay, then we move on down here. We have Connecticut, Minnesota, um, Dauphin County, Northwest Community Bail Fund. This is in, uh, in Washington State. NCBF provides cash bail for those who are unable to pay due to poverty and who are charged with crimes in King and S Snohomish counties and have no other holes. Now, they talk about the fact that uh, these people are unable to pay. Um, most 18-year-olds can't pay for bail, wouldn't you think? And then it goes on and lists all of these different um, uh, various bail funds, uh, the Massachusetts Bail Fund, Hawaii, Tucson, Memphis, Mississippi, Philadelphia again, the National Bailout Free Black Mamas, reuniting families and resisting mass incarceration by fighting to end money bail and pretrial detention. Uh, the Louisville Community Bail Fund. Now, they want us to send money to these bail funds so that the protesters, the rioters, I guess, the rioters uh, can be released from jail. And on and on, Colorado, Kansas City, New Orleans, uh, the Portland Freedom Fund, a pretrial bail fund dedicated to posting bail for people in the Portland area and ending money bail in Oregon. Then they also refer you to a, a website that uh, is called Help Out the Cause from Home. So there are 26 ways to be in the struggle beyond the streets. This list is designed to celebrate all the ways that our communities can engage in liberation. For a range of reasons, there are and always have been folks who cannot attend rallies and protests, but who continue to, con to contribute to ending police and state violence against black people. People seek justice and support liberation in an array of ways, yet their bodies, their spirits, and their lives may not allow them to be in the streets. We believe that we will win, and we need the presence of everyone in the movement to do so. We affirm that all contributions are political, militant, and valued. Did you hear that? All contributions are political, militant, and valued. By and for those in our communities who can't be in the streets, we offer a list of concrete ways that we are in the movement, and that you are supporting liberation every day. We see you. We are you. See you in the struggle. This information that I'm going to share with you next um, are the actual 26 ways to be in the struggle beyond the streets. And I'm not going to read through the entire thing, but there's some very interesting points I want to bring out in this uh, document the number one item that they feature is to host or attend a Know Your Rights training to educate yourself, your loved ones, and your community on their rights when interacting with the police. Um, the following are a few organizations, mostly in New York City, by the way, that host these trainings, 
or have resources available on their website that you can download and use. The Justice Committee, Malcolm X Grassroots Movement, Streetwise and Safe, Arab Resource and Organizing Center, that's in the Bay Area, National Lawyers Guild. Uh, they also encourage you to fundraise online. Of course, they need money and lots of it. Donate business proceeds or create events for organizations that work on police violence, police accountability, and against the criminalization of black communities. The groups listed above are a great place to start. In addition, national organizations need support, including Black Lives Matter, Ferguson Action, Ferguson National Response Network, and Black Youth Project. There's a lot of organization uh, behind this quote-unquote movement. Spread the word on rallies, actions, and events, and demands through social media, text, email, phone, and in person. Here are a few organizations and ways to plug in and share info. Of course, the Justice League, New York City, Communities United for Police Reform, um, use all of these hashtags, hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag This Stops Today, hashtag Ferguson, hashtag I Can't Breathe, hashtag Eric Garner. Offer to be an emergency contact. Attend planning meetings on strategy calls. Support or organize healing justice events. Cook a pre or post uh, march meal. So, you know, feed the marchers. Coordinate or provide child care. So these are young people. They have small children. Create and share art. Create a home base. Continue to reflect on your privilege. Power and identity. If you're white or a non-black person of color, look at the history of racism, race being used as a wedge issue, and of aspiring allyship or solidarity between your folks and black communities. Find like-minded folks to workshop with and have conversations with family, friends, and coworkers and community members to help build awareness and solidarity in the service of ending anti-black racism. This goes on in the public schools for sure. Be a grounding, grounding or self-care buddy. Breathe with someone before they leave for the march. Help them create a post-march grounding plan. Give them regular text check-ins from your home and friendly reminders of support to drink water eat ground themselves etc send sweet emojis or whatever else would help the person marching and ask that person to text you when they're home safe from the march offer to help create a safety plan for friends who have physical pain varying mobilities or mental health concerns and want to participate in the march now i'm coming to number 16 this is especially interesting to me. Work with teachers. If you're an experienced educator, write curriculum and support other educators in talking about these issues. Host a conference call with teachers to strategize on how to talk with students about what's happening and how they can get involved. Especially consider organizing trainings and teach-ins on the real history of Black Lives Matter, thefeministwire.com, or Black Lives Matter. What do the feminists have to do with Black Lives Matter? 
I bet more than you realize. Of course, they want you to share skills, make space to process, hold space or organize events. This is very thorough. Skype, text, visit, show love. Show love while you're throwing bricks into somebody's business, right? Number 21, help amplify the protests by circulating breaking news visuals of actions, protests, and events from those in the streets to reach a wider audience. If asked, serve as an off-site spokesperson or media contact for protests. Offer to help write advisories and media, uh, media releases if needed. And it goes on and on. The last item on their list, number 26, is take care of yourself. Self-care is a revolutionary act. So then um, the admonition um, in the email sent to me by Advocates for Youth also includes um, a link to a site, Know Your Rights. When protesting, it's important to know your rights. And that link takes you to the ACLU site. Know your rights. And they have a special section for protesters' rights. Uh, but they don't recognize the fact that many of these protests are turning into riots. They are not peaceful. Because they use the term militant in much of their verbiage, why would we be surprised? The email goes on, the email from Advocates for Youth goes on to say, we all need to support youth leaders as we grapple with this national tragedy and our government's sickening response. I hope you will join me in speaking out against police violence, militarization of the police force, and attacks on protesters. For myself and the staff of Advocates for Youth, if you are a part of this movement, know that you have our gratitude and our solidarity. Thank you for working to create a world where all young people are safe, valued, and supported. And it is signed warmly, Deborah Hauser, H-A-U-S-E-R, President and CEO of Advocates for Youth. You might want to sign up for this, this newsletter. Just go to Advocates for Youth and sign up on their, um, their email list. Now, after hearing all this, what conclusions can we draw? Well, there is a definite connection to the rioting in the streets we see today and to the movement to sexualize young people beginning in kindergarten. Students are groomed to question then defy their parents. And all adults, unless they are teachers, counselors, administrators, or Planned Parenthood advocates. Is it tyranny to teach respect for God, country, the United States Constitution, and family? Even more compelling, I ask you, is it treason for public schools to teach students to overthrow their government using military force. Thanks for joining me today. Until next time, I'm Suzanne Gallagher. Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe Schools Summit. Featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Todd Herman, Bernadette Broyles Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. 
The date is Saturday, October 3rd, Shiloh Inn, Portland, Oregon Airport. Check out events on our website. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax-deductible, non-profit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. See you next time to learn more about parents' rights now.